and you can't just find joy. You see, the more you try, the more we'll, we'll fight empty barrels. But the Bible is saying the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you find the joy. He calls it the joy of the Holy Ghost. Have you heard of that before? Number three, he talks about kindness. But before we look at these nine elements, he calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Let's be a little bit realistic here. For you to grow a fruit, does it actually take a day to grow a fruit? Now, let's just look at what it takes to grow a fruit. Let's just take look at what, number one, what can it take? Somebody mentioned seed. So, for you to grow this, the fruit, first we had to start with a what? A seed. What other thing? Good soil, or what I call fertile ground. So, you take the seed and you put it into any soil. Is it any soil? So, a fertile ground. So, number three, what else do we need? Now, you need external elements. One, water. You need sunlight, right? You even need a good weather. So, we call that external elements. Number four, what do you also need? Time. We're going to go to time is the last one. Pastor went ahead of us. Always going ahead in the spirit. Amen. So, Pastor said time. But let's hold on to that because that may be the last one. After you have this, the external element, what else do you have? If the fruit started growing and some other grasses, other things grow alongside. Don't you need it pruning? Yes, you need some work to do, right? So you need pruning. And lastly, it requires how long to grow? It needs time. Amen. So if you look at these five elements, number one, the seed will be required. So when the Bible says you have to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, he's not expecting you to be a perfect person overnight. So he's expecting you to know there's a time you are going to sow a seed. Number two, the seed must be sown into a fertile ground. Number three, you require some good atmosphere to let it work. Sunlight, rain, water, or fertilizer, if in case may be. Number four, you need to do some adjustments, some pruning, and you have to give it time. So if you see a brother, if you see a brother having issues with anger or a brother having issues with one other thing, we need time to let him grow. We're not going to judge anybody instantly. Amen. So, it requires time. So, when he says the fruit of the Holy Spirit, he's saying don't think you are going to be a perfect person overnight. Tell somebody next to you, you are not perfect. I am not perfect either. But before we look at how these fruits grow, let's just look at the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. The first is called love. First John chapter 4 verse 14. The Bible says, For God himself is love. Anyone that says he loves God must have what? Have love. So it is impossible for you to say you have the mind of Christ, but we cannot show love. Love can be difficult, especially when somebody wrongs us. But it requires time. It requires us yielding to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to help us to forgive. Number two, he calls it joy. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, he talks about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my what? My strength. How do you think joy comes sometimes? So that is why when as Christians we are battered, on our own we may not be able to rise up so easily. But when we yield gradually to the Holy Spirit, he helps us. Remember we said, these nine elements are, are elements that are supposed to be common to how many people? Everybody. 
whether you speak in tongue or you can't speak in tongue, whatsoever you cannot do. So far you are a Christian, you must show what? Love. And you must show what as well? Joy. Number three, he calls it peace. Romans chapter 5 verse 13, he says, for the, the, for the peace of the Lord will fill all of us. Let's look at Romans Romans 15 verse 13. I think I like that portion. Romans 15 13, he says, for now may the God of hope fill you with how many joy? All joy and peace in the believing that you may abound in the hope of his power of the word Holy Spirit. He, this is a prayer. He's praying that the Lord of the Lord will fill us with joy that comes by the power of the word Holy Spirit. So joy in itself is a very strong element as far as as the fruit of the spirit is concerned. So joy and peace he said. Let's look at the next one. Long suffering. I usually don't like that word. Long suffering. Amen. It means someone did ask. Does it mean we have to suffer long? Amen. How many of us love long suffering? Amen. I'm not so sure I'm part of that. But another word to coin that is patience. Hallelujah. So Sometimes he requires us to stay with him, to wait with him. To you know, some people are really not good at waiting. You can wait for three months for something; it's long suffering enough. Amen. Somebody else can wait one year; it's still worth long suffering enough. God knows how long you can wait. That's why he said he will not bear on you what we cannot ourselves bear. He knows the elastic limit. And so he will not put on you how much longer than you should bear. Praise the Lord. Gentleness is the next one. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 6 talks about gentleness. It says, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by what? By the Holy Spirit. The more you read these things, you will get to know much later. That these elements that we talk about casually, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, they are not things a natural man can easily get. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, he makes it available to us per time. So that even when we are going through difficult, difficult situations, he helps us to be able to go through every one of them. Amen. Now the next one he talks about goodness. We're not going to delve, delve so much on that. But Ephesians chapter 5 verse 9 talks about the goodness of the Lord coming upon all believers. For the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is in all words, all goodness. Galatians repeated is calling it the fruit of the Spirit talking about the nine of them, but Ephesians picked one of them. He says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all words, goodness. So, you see, for you to even be a good person requires who? The Holy Spirit. Do you struggle to be a nice person sometimes? You just want to be nice. Especially if in an office setting, you have this very terrible boss. It's very difficult sometimes to be good to them. Amen. Sometimes very difficult. But you just know they are bad and they are at you and at you alone. But sometimes they get into trouble, but you just have to bail them out. You just have to be good. It may be difficult, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, He's going to help us in the name of Jesus. Number seven talks about faith. Galatians 3, verse 17. 
for the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Then we have weakness and then temperance. I'm not going to dwell on this very much as we're going to go into the next one, which is going to, we're going to come back to this anyways. So to draw all this, we know that at the end of the day, whether it is love we're in pursuit of, whether it's patience we're in pursuit of, or meekness, or faith, whichever it is. If you look at the picture up there, you will see a flower pot. This flower pot in itself represents you and I. Now, on its own, can that flower pot bear this fruit? What does it require for this fruit to come up? It requires a who? A person. And what do we call the person? Maybe a gardener in the real sense now. A gardener or any of us that have a flower pot. You will see that you have to do a lot of work to make this fruit grow. So in itself, you are just the flower pot. All we need to do is to avail ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the person that is going to water you. The Holy Spirit is the person that is going to prune us. The Holy Spirit is the person that is going to put us in the sun. The Holy Spirit is the person that is going to make all environment conducive. So that at the end we can do what? Bear the fruit. If we have this flower pot anywhere in church. If anybody comes. We are going to say the flower pot bears was good fruit. Is that correct? But we care less about the person that made it into reality, right? So what the world sees is you bearing a good fruit. They may not see the Holy Spirit doing the work, but what they see is the fruit at the end of the day. That is why Jesus says, by the fruit you shall know them, also by the fruit we shall be known. Praise the name of the Lord. So in continuation, one of the things we must learn to grow this fruit, we said we need five elements. The seed, number two, a fertile ground. Then we need an external element, pruning and time. The seed in itself can be gotten by the word of the Lord. Remember the Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of the brethren. Every time we need to hear God's word, every time we need to have a seed planted, is an opportunity to gather in the presence of the Lord. Number two, the Bible says, guide your heart with all diligence. If we have to have a fertile ground, the ground is only your heart. What you receive is what is going to bear at the end of the day. Number three, the Bible says, we should stir up ourselves, we should stir up our inner mind. So for us to have a good element to help us grow, we need the stirring of the heart. We need not to neglect the assembly of the brethren. And number four, we need to abide in Christ. The Bible says, for Jesus speaking, says, for I am the vine, ye are the branches. If anyone do not bear the fruit, he's going to cut off. And anyone that bears the fruit, he's going to prune so that he can bear even more fruit. And finally, you need to know that you require time to work with the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's go to the next one, which is what we're going to dwell much more. And most likely, we're going to go back to the fruit of the Spirit. The sixth portion says, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. The scripture says, in Romans 1, 11, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual what? Gift. Some what? Spiritual gift. So that you may be what? Established. 
this is the word of God, he is longing to see us that he may impart on us somewhat spiritual gifts. Now, let's delve a little deeper. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. Now, this is where we're going to start and most likely end. Now, he says, now concerning the spiritual gift that he longed to impact on us, we need to have some understanding. Now, remember first, it is a what? Gift. If somebody gives you a gift, is it your entitlement in the first place? So, a gift can be given or may not be what? Be given. Now, I want you to know the difference between the two. The Holy Spirit gives both. The first, he calls it the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this time, he calls it the what? The gift. The fruit is supposed to be born by how many people? Every one of us. But the gift, is it for everybody? Can the gift be given to everybody? So gifts may not be given to everybody, but we're going to see at the end that you can have it if you want it. So he calls it the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, concerning those gifts, I need you to understand, brethren, that you shouldn't be ignorant. Verse 2. He says, for you know that you were once Gentiles. We all know we're not in Christ before, that we're carried away by idols. Verse 3. He says, wherefore... I give you, therefore, I make you known to you that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit calls God a curse. And no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now, there are diversities of words of gifts. First, how many fruits do we have? One fruit. Gift is how many? Diversity. So, gift is diverse. So, you can have many gifts. But how many fruits? One fruit. Am I communicating? How many fruits are we expected to have? One fruit. We said, if one person has the fruit, if it's an orange, everyone is expected to have the same words, the same fruit. But gifts will differ. So, he says, there are diversities of gifts. Number verse 5. He also says there are differences of ministries but the same Lord. Now let's go to verse 6 now. He says, no, give verse 7 now. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit of all. This is very important because we seek the gifts of God, neglecting the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You see people say, I want to learn to speak in tongues. I want to learn to have the gift of God. Who is the gift meant for? He says the gift, the spirit is given to each of us for the profit of who? Who is all? Did he say the profit of you? So when God gives you the gift, is it for you? If God gives you the gift of singing, do you think it's for you? If God gives you the gift of praying, do you think it's for you? It's for the benefit of what? Of all. So you see, one of the biggest mistakes we do when we have the gift, we now personalize it. I can sing. So it is me that has that gift. You do not know originally it was a gift given to you for the benefit of the church. Come and sing in the children's church, children's choir, children's church. Yes, they're having administration. We just need you to sing. The gift that I have is not for the children's church. It's for the big assembly. Have you heard of that? It was a gift in the first place. 
So you see, we are chasing the gifts, neglecting the fruit. The gift can be, it's not for your own consumption. And some of us have the gift, but we sing it in the bathroom. Amen. God did not give you that gift to be singing and disturbing neighbors. He gave you to be singing in church for the benefit of how many? Benefit of all. So, the biggest problem is pride has taken over a lot of people in church. So, we want to do what pastors do. But God gave different gifts. If you are an usher, it is the office that God has given you to promote the benefits of church. So, you do it with all your heart as unto the Lord and not unto what? Unto man. So, you need to look deep inwards. If there is a gift in you, my brother, it is not for you. If you don't understand that, you will make bold of what belongs to the Holy Spirit. So he gave it to you for the profit of how many? Of all. So in case you are ready to ask, God, give me gifts. God, give me gifts. Once he gives you, it's not for you. It's not for boasting. It is for the benefit of how many? Of all. Brother, come and pray. How many people are there already? We have only three people. When there are hundred, call me. Amen. You've not heard of all. We've heard and we've seen a lot. But it is a gift until you understand that. That God gave it to you that you may serve all. He calls it servant. He said he that will be greatest of all must first be what? Servant of all. Give God praise in the house of the Lord. Verse 7. He says this gift is given to profit all. Verse 8. Now let's look at the gift. He said to some people, number 1, what is the first gift? The spirit of what? Read with me now. So one is giving the word, word of what? Wisdom. Number two, he calls the word, he says that word of wisdom is given through what? Through what? Don't say spirit. Put the Holy Spirit. Given through what? Did you have the word of wisdom by yourself? No. Number two gift is what? To another the word? Word of knowledge. Given through by whom word? This is it a different spirit? So he gives one person what? Word of wisdom. He gives the another person what? Word of knowledge. Number three, he calls it what? To another what? Another person, he gives faith. Have you been in the assembly of people? A brother will say, no, we can't do this. Somebody else will say, ah, no. His faith cannot carry. But the one the Holy Spirit gives a greater faith is given for the profit of all. To another, the gift of what? Healing. Remember, look at it. He said gift. He always puts S. So the gifts can be given, healing can be given to how many people? Two or three persons. So when God gives you the gifts to perform healing, it's not that only you, oh my child is, this gift I only use it for my family, myself and I. So when a brother is sick, they call you, they say wait, I'll come tomorrow. God gave you the gift for the profit of all. Of all. Then the next gift is what? He said the same gift is given by the Holy Spirit. To another, the working of what? Miracles. To another, what? To another word, the sending spirit. To another different kind of tongues. To another word, interpretations of tongues. Verse 11. But one and how many spirit? The same spirit. Worked all things. Distributing individually as he was. So it is not because you are fine. That is why he gave you ability to sing. 
That is why we have ugly people also doing what? Also singing. So if you think your fineness is what is making you proud, we'll make use of anybody he sees. And remember, the gift of God is without repentance. So he says, even if you don't do it, he will raise what? Stones to sing. Let me tell you one of the beautiful things. Exodus chapter 31. The first time I got wind of this, I humbled myself in totality. Now, when God usually wants to do something, he empowers anybody that have the resources by the Holy Spirit. When God wanted to build the first tabernacle, God looked at the whole of Israel and he picked people that can do craft work, that could work in his own temple. And the Bible says, and the Lord said to Moses, verse 2, and he called, he sent his Holy Spirit to go into every one of them. He says, see, I have called Bezazel, the son of Uriah, the son of the tribe of Judah, verse 3. And he went ahead and says, and I have filled him. Remember, this is feeding. Filled him with the Holy Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in all knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So whatsoever you can do, God can empower you by his spirit. So if you are a person that is good in artwork or multimedia or whatsoever, in your personal trade, if God has use for you, he will empower you with that spirit, not so that you can make more money for yourself, but that you can be useful in the presence of the Lord. That is why we have people in multimedia doing what they can do, but it is not by their strength. The Holy Spirit, when he's interested in you, he empowers and fills you for a purpose. One purpose and one purpose alone. If you are singing here to minister to one person, good enough, he's good and clear. So don't come to entertain. Come to minister and you'll be led by the Spirit to do just that one thing. Celebrate the Lord in the house this morning. Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. He says, But all this, verse 11, verse 11 says, But one and the same Spirit works in all things, distributing as he wills, verse 12. And he says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members that, all the members are part of how many body? One body. Though we are many, but we are one body, which is what? Christ. Verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized. Remember, we said initially, the day you said you give your life to Christ, we are baptized into the same body. Whether you be Yoruba, Igbo, Jew, Alsa, whatsoever you are. He says we are baptized into one body and have all become drunk in one spirit. This is talking about being filled in the spirit. Verse 14. And in fact, the body is not one beber, but many. If the foot, which is the person, maybe um, an usher says, because I am not the hand. You know, sometimes we don't pay attention to the leg. So because I am not the hand, and therefore I am not part of the body. Verse 16. And if the ear should say the same thing, oh, they were making new minister. They chose not to make me part of the minister. So this little work that I'm doing, I'm not even going to do it anymore. He says, if the ear said, because I am not the eye, I am not the body, is, is it therefore not part of the body? Verse 17, if the whole body becomes the eye, everybody here are all choristers. Where will you be sitting? We'll all be sitting here. And when they say, 
Grace Choral will all stand up, Abby. And they say, Grace Choral, sing, we'll all sing. When they are done, they say, who will open the door for us? Nobody wants to be any other thing. We all want to be choristers. He says, that is not how it works. He says, if we all say that, the whole body, will the whole body be doing hearing alone? No. Verse 18. He says, but now, God has set members, each one of them in the body, just as who please God please. He didn't get that. He said, God has put this member as he was pleases. So wherever we find ourselves, irrespective of what you do, who pleases us there? God. In the first place, he places us wherever he pleases. So irrespective of the deeds, God places everyone wherever he pleases. If you are in the children's church, that is where God pleases for now. And it may be where he wants you to minister. So you may be raising champions in the future. So you don't need to raise champions standing here alone. In the place where we find ourselves, God is saying, He places us as He pleases. Let's read on verse 19. And if they were all one member, where will the body be? But now, indeed, there are more members. And if the eye cannot say, I cannot, verse 21 now, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. So the same and different gifts, we all complement each other. Now, this is the whole idea of where we are going to. Now, let's go to verse 29. No, verse 28. Now, watch what Paul is saying. Verse 28. He says, And God has appointed these people in the church. First, who? Apostles. Two, what? Prophets. Three, who? Teachers. Number four, after the miracles. And then the gift of healing. And then helps. And then what? Administrations. And then what? Varieties of tongues. Who places all these things? God. As he what? Pieces. Verse 29. Are there all prophets? No. Are we all teachers? No. Are we all workers of miracle? No. Verse 30. Do all have gifts of healing? What's the answer? No. Do all interpret? There are some things you may desire. Verse 31 now says, but I want us to read together. But do what? Earnestly what? Earnestly what? Desire the very And yet I show you a more excellent word way. Give it to us in King James. He's saying there may be things you see in church that you like. Do what the Holy Spirit gives as he wants. He says, but you have the permission to what? Endlessly what? Desire it. The King James says, but convert endlessly, convert endlessly the best gifts. So, you cannot say, God did not give me any gifts. Is it possible? God did not give me any gifts. Is it possible? Even if you are yet to find one, he says, endlessly what? Desire the best gifts. So if there is anything you desire, the Bible says you can ask and it's what given unto you. Now, having understood this, do you know what the church did in Corinthians? So Paul was talking about having spiritual gifts. And after a while, a lot of people were now boasting in their gifts. So we are all Christians. We have choristers, right? Then we have teachers. We have everybody in their places. All of a sudden, 
Nobody, everybody forgot the first and the best principle. What did we discuss before now? What did we discuss before now? The fruits of the Spirit. So it got to happen in the Corinthian church that people were now boasting by their gifts. So people were not even showing love anymore. People were not showing kindness anymore. We took the gifts as one of the most important things. So people were even boasting with their gifts. Now look at what Paul now said in chapter 13. He now says, Though I speak with the tongues of men, though I have this gift, and though I have, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and I do not have what? Charity. Charity is the same thing as what? Love. Love, is it a gift of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit? Love, is it a gift or a fruit of the spirit? He says, I am become a what? A sounding brass. Verse 2. He says, Though I have the gift of prophecy, though I can speak in tongues, though I have knowledge, are all these gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes. And though I have faith so that I can move mountains, but I have not love, I am what? Nothing. Can you see that? Verse 3 says, And though I bestow my goods on to feed the poor, and I still have not the fruit of the Spirit, I am what? It profits me what? Nothing. So what was Paul saying in essence? You don't make most of the gifts and neglect the words, the fruits. So we have a lot of Christians who are using the gifts but we have rejected the words, the very fruits that differentiate us from every other person. So Paul is saying, if you desire this gift once you have it, don't forget the original intent of how you got there. It was because you had the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit is way very much important because it makes you, it makes you who you are in Christ. But the gift is more also important because it makes you to profit in the church and in the service of Christ. Amen. So as much as we desire the gift, the fruit still remains was one of the paramount which we chase in all honesty. Praise the name of the Lord. So we're going to wrap up this and then we're going to go to the next one. And in closing, I read to you Romans chapter... 11 verse 29. Romans 11 verse 29. Let's just wrap up the gifts of the Spirit. He says, this is one of the things you should understand. The gift and the calling of the Lord is what? Is what? Now this is what God is telling you. If I give you a gift, you decide not to use it. Or you decide to use it elsewhere. I gave you the gift to profit the church. You know, usually when we read the parables, the parable of the talents, of the ten talents, we usually always think sometimes it's just about our sphere of work. It says he gives the talents according to how he what he wills. But he still requires that you become accountable for what he has given you. So we are all stewards in the house of the Lord. If you have a gift inherent in you and you are yet to use it, I tell you, listen to me, you become accountable because you weren't given for any reason but to profit the church. 
So you see you have people in church you think it's just normal and cool. It does it does look that way that you have a gift that can profit the church. It's a gift given to us. It is expected of us as stewards. The parable of the sower. The Bible says, and the master went back and he asked every one of them to account for what was given to them, the gift that was given to them. It is not that you know it. It is how much you have put it into use. Because God at the end is going to ask you how you use every penny of the gift that he gave to you. So if you are seated here, it may be a clarion call to anybody that if there is any gift inherent in you, whether you be an instrumentalist, don't sit in church doing nothing. Whether you can teach, don't sit in church doing nothing. If you are good in web design, don't sit in church doing nothing. If you can sing, don't sit in church doing nothing. It doesn't profit you doing nothing. Bible says, he says, for the gift and the calling of the Lord are irrevocable. He's not going to take it from you, but he's going to ask you at the end how you're going to use it. He's not man that he will take it when you are not using it. He leaves it with you so that you can be accountable at the end of time. And that will be our portion in Jesus. So the gift of God is without repentance. But God is giving us a chance. If you are in church and you have a gift, whether it's committee you can join, you can drive a crowd, be part of it. Don't come to church Sunday after Sunday. This whole place is this, the way it is because some people were here 7 a.m. The place is clean because someone was here 7 a.m. You are having a wonderful service because people were praying since 7.30. You are having a nice time in church in instrumentalists because they didn't go home last week. They usually close from church and stay behind two, three hours afterwards. It is not because they want to. It is service unto the Lord that is going to be accountable for them. So how comfortable will I feel Sunday after Sunday if it's so sweep, sweep the church? If you so minister at the gate, minister at the gate. If you so bring anything to the service of the Lord, but just do what? Do something. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. As we wrap up, we take the last verse. How can we walk in the Holy Spirit or be led in the Holy Spirit? It's pretty easy. We're not going to go around it again. Verse 16, walk in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 4. Romans chapter 8 verse 4. The Bible says, And the righteousness of law requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the word, the spirit. Usually when we see walk according to the flesh, if you hear on Wednesday, you will have gotten a better word. It doesn't really mean doing something wrong. It's walking according also to the law. He's saying you must continue in the spirit. And one of the things I say to people you need to set Romans 8 verse 5, next verse it says, For you must set your mind, but those who live according to the Spirit, do mind the things of the Spirit. And verse 13 also went ahead to clear something. In verse 13, it says, But if you live according to the flesh or the law, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, put the so death, the deeds of the body, you shall what? You shall live. So you will just need to continue to live in the atmosphere of the spirit. But this is the whole conclusion. If you need to encourage yourself, 
you need to be amongst those who are already encouraged. Light a match. Bring another match close to it. Will it ignite? Bring another match close to it. Will it ignite as well? If you take it apart from themselves, will it ignite staying alone? So if you are yet to be caught in the spirit, all you need to do is to keep creating closer to those who have been caught up already in the spirit. Get to a workforce. Choose a house fellowship. Choose someone you need to talk to. Choose someone you can pray with. And as you continue, you will get the fire that will desire. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. In closing, I'm going to use five minutes to recap all this. The first time we talk about the birth of the Holy Spirit, please remember you are first a what? A spirit being. Do you remember that? So we are all first a what? A spirit being by the birth of Christ. We went ahead to remind us that we are saved by grace. Who reminds us of the salvation by grace? The Holy Spirit. So the more you walk with him, the more he makes you a perfect person in his work with him. Number three, we then spoke about baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we reminded everyone that we are all filled with God's Spirit once you say Jesus Christ is what is Lord. Number four, we said it is not enough to have the part of the Holy Spirit or a token of him. You can activate it by getting yourself what? Filled in the Holy Spirit. Today, we talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we said, how many people are supposed to get the fruit? Every one of us. So we're supposed to exercise love, patience, joy, long-suffering, meekness, goodness, and all. So this is supposed to be what? All the things we are supposed to what? To show. Amongst all these nine, which one is your favorite? Long-suffering? I know it's no. Amen. I know it can never be long-suffering. Amen. So, but thank God God put it in there. So, if you find yourself requiring long-suffering, it is part of what? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, he talks about faith, patience, joy, and all the fruits that we can think of. And then he reminded us that apart from having the fruits, we can also be useful in the house of the Lord by being impacted by what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift may not come to you, but the more you become resourceful and make yourself available, you can convert even the best gifts of all. And lastly, we said, in all this, you can be continually led by the Holy Spirit by yielding yourself and making yourself available to everyone who is already in that spirit. Why don't you celebrate the Lord for his word? The name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name. I don't know if I should do this. Does anybody have a question? We'll take 15 minutes to ask any question if that is fine. Just one or two if it's okay. Amen. So I'll just take one question since this is a teaching. We'll just take one question and that will be it. Do you want to ask a question? There's a hand there. So let's just take that one question. Sir, I want to ask that what's the difference between gifts and talent? Or I did the same thing. It's confusing to me. Thank you. Amen. Do we have do we need to check the dictionary? 
Okay, what's the difference between gift and what? Or talent, as a human man would call it. Amen. So she's asking what's the difference between gift and talent. Really, they're almost about the same because if you have a talent, that's what we spoke about earlier. If you have a skill, assuming you're a craftsman, in Exodus, the Bible talks about the craftsmen that built or that set up the tabernacle of the Lord. That was what they were inherently good at. So God in himself can empower you to do much more than you are doing as far as what you can do is concerned. So if you are a salesperson, we have people who are good salesmen. That may just be your talent, selling things to people. But the Bible is saying with the help of the Holy Spirit as well, he can even equip you to do even much more. He can direct you. He can guide you to do much more than he wants to. Just assume in the, in the earlier part of my life, when I was having doing my youth service call, I happened to work in one of the bands and they called me and then they said to me, you are going to be a marketer. I said, fine. I was excited. So the, the pay was more than where I was coming from. So as a youth copper, they said I was going to be a marketer. So we always go to the streets and we'll be marketing. We'll market and market and market and market. Yet the market was not coming in. Praise the Lord. But we market and market all our lives. In fact, it was so bad we, they took us to a market area. So we were going from one shop to one shop, one shop to one shop. And I proposed in my heart. I said, if marketing is the last job on earth, I will not do it. Praise the Lord. It was as bad as I will leave it, go to the house, sit down, eat beans, sleep, and then come back to the office. Because all I tried, it was not just what working. Praise the Lord. But some other people were having it like beans. They were just talking and bringing their account, talking and bringing their account. So was it my talent? Far be from me. Amen. So I said, once I survive this, bye-bye to what? To marketing. So what I became good at, God is helping me, but not what? Not marketing. So for some who are good at it, God can equip you to do what? Even much more. So we all have where we are good at, and the Holy Spirit can help us, and so he will in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you rise to your feet? Why don't you just raise your voice to the Lord and bless the name of the Lord for his mercies and his kindness towards us. And we're going to take just one prayer point. In case inherent in you, you feel you are not doing enough by the reason of what God has deposited in you. It may be a gift, it may be a calling that the Lord has been laying upon your heart. Why don't you just yield yourself this morning? And say to the Lord, I surrender myself to your call. I surrender myself to your will. I surrender myself to that in which you are calling me to do. If you do also convert a good gift before the Lord, why don't you just say to the Lord, equip me to do much more in the presence of the Lord. Equip me to do much more in your house. Just speak to the Lord this morning. Ask him to keep you, ask him to fill you, ask him to make you a better resource person in the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And so Lord in heaven, we thank you for your word. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you adoration for the move in which you have given us this evening. And we say your name be exalted in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you shall empower us where we are finding it difficult in the name of Jesus. In any way we may have come short by the using of our resources, 
we ask us that you ask that you shall guide us aright in the name of Jesus. Fill us that we become a better person. In all the fruits of the Spirit, help us to work better in everyone in the name of Jesus. That you be a more loving person henceforth in Jesus' name. We shall not struggle to forgive in the name of Jesus. Patience shall be our watchword in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask, O God, that you shall strengthen us where we find ourselves weak in the name of Jesus. The temperance that is required of a Christian shall be our fall in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Church, why don't you celebrate God?